This podcast was recorded from our weekly live stream. To watch this video or see other episodes of The Spiritual Journalist, head to thespiritualjournalist.com or find me on YouTube. You can find a link in the show notes. Hello, beautiful people. Hello, court. Happy eclipse. Happy eclipse. I feel like I just have to cut straight to the chase and to everybody watching. How's everyone feeling? Yeah. How are we doing? (laughs) (laughs) Both of us have Scorpio moons, so I think we're feeling the effects maybe a little differently than someone, say, with like an Aquarius moon, like my partner. Um, so yeah, I know we have a few of you here. Corby is here. Nick is here. Jennifer is here. Hi, Rachel. Hey, Katie. I hope you are doing well with this solar eclipse. Nick Hi. says he's feeling okay today. But there's been a lot brewing on social media about mm-hmm. how crazy this solar eclipse is going to be and just this eclipse season in general. Ooh, Corby says she's in a really sober place, feeling emotional, going with the flow to release it. Beautiful. Rachel says, who else had a wild night of sleep last night? I've been up since 3 a.m. Oh, the eclipse woke you up, (laughs) Rachel. I was the opposite. I stayed up super late last night. Like, Mm -hmm. I mean, I knew when the moon was moving into Scorpio and it's always when the moon moves into Scorpio, it's right on my moon. And so I was like, bing, inspiration, do all the things, like feeling myself. Yes. Yeah, I was the same. I was up pretty late. (laughs) Same. I was like, I just want to be awake, like around the eclipse, you know? (laughs) Exactly. I'm like, I kind of want to go and howl, like howl that no moon because it's a new moon. But like, I just like want to be out there, you know? (laughs) Yeah. And the eclipse is happening on the other side of the world. So it's like, we can't even see it. But I just... I know it's happening, you know. Uh, Jennifer says she's a little tired and irritated. And Katie says the volcano erupted this morning. Oof. Managed to turn it around and apologize to the kids for my tantrum over not finding a jacket. I love you, Katie. And I love that you are so honest and vulnerable. But also, what a great example to your kids. Like, yeah, even adults have issues sometimes. Like, who else has had a tantrum or will probably have a tantrum during eclipse season at one point or another? And to, like, be able to be like, oof, mom just had a moment. Yeah. This is how I'm handling it, you know? Yeah. We used to say, I used to, when I worked in the school with the kids, we we would have the zones. So, like, the green zone is like, go yellow zone. You're a little cautious. Red zone is like, I'm in the, I'm pretty angry. So I used to say like, when I'd get to that point, I'm like, Miss Burns is in the red zone. Okay. <laughs> and I feel like that is what a lot of people are going to be feeling over the next couple of days, potential red zone. <laughs> I love that. Why do we not have a universal language? That's just <laughs> Everybody, you know, we have the stoplights. I think we could all just adopt the stoplight colors to talk about our emotions. And maybe that's what comes out of this eclipse season. Just more emotional awareness and vocabulary. (laughs) There we go. We start. (laughs) Right. Bridget says being hit with karma and stuff to clear dreams full of fire and things to clear. Ooh, that sounds that's my Scorpio moon speaking. But I'm like, yes, clear it. You know, I'm like, that sounds 
fun. Maybe not fun, but <laughs> I'm, I'm drawn to it. Uh, it's enticing to me. I'm like, let's burn it all down. Let's go. Do yeah. It. <laughs> Thanks for that reminder, Court. Katie says, mm-hmm. yes. Boundaries, boundaries. I repeat, boundaries. Oof. Okay, so we're all feeling a little bit of tension, but that's all good. We're here for a reason. We're coming together on this solar eclipse to process it, to work through it together, and to figure out what can we pull from the energy? How can we take the lesson, leave the pain that might be coming up during the Scorpio solar eclipse? And before we get into the forecast, you know I always love to start with notable birthdays. And I feel like today's a fun day too to like go check out these people on social media and see what's going on with them because it's an eclipse. Wow. You never know, right? Yeah. Pablo Picasso was a Scorpio. Wow. Love that. Katy Perry, I could see it, a little mm-hmm. intense. Sierra, mm-hmm. Craig Robinson. Okay, that's the only people I recognize so far, but. Some notable mm-hmm. people might be having some big shifts, or it would be interesting, Samantha B, to see if any of them launch anything today, announce anything today, don't mm-hmm. even show up at all on social media today. That's how you know a celebrity is having a bad day when their team hasn't decided to post for them on their own birthday, right? <laughs> yeah. yeah. I actually have a few friends who have birthdays today. I feel like I'm like, oh my God, so wild. Like I know all these people who have birthdays on the 25th. So they're all having their birthday on an eclipse, which is so I love that. So interesting. Mm-hmm. What a better way to just like say goodbye to the last year and start something new than to have your birthday on an eclipse. I love it. Diane says she's a little exhausted today, but she made it and we're happy you're here. Ooh, was awake at the start and the wrap up of the eclipse. Isn't it wild how our body kind of knows when something is happening like this? Yes, we're so in tune, especially like if you come here every day and you listen to the transits, like I feel like the more that you understand the language of astrology and you start to really align with it, um, whether it's just the moon or the transits, I think that you just start to naturally become more in tune with, yeah, the energy. Totally. Even if it's subliminal, you know, I think just by checking in every day, you're like you said, you're just more aware. Mm -hmm. So let's check in with the current energy and talk about for those of you. We've talked about this before, but what is an eclipse, right? How do we get this phenomenon that is the eclipse? So the sun, of course, is in Scorpio. The moon is now in Scorpio, uh, currently at two or three degrees. So little baby Scorpio moon. And what happens during an eclipse, actually, if you watch the show open every day, the very first Mm -hmm. little clip is what an eclipse looks like. But essentially, it's when we have a new moon, the sun and the moon are at the same spot, but they're on the north and south nodes. Everything is lining up with the north and south nodes. And so during a solar eclipse, the sun and the earth are in line with the moon and the moon looks like it's crossing over the sun and blocking out the light of the sun. So when we talk about astrology, we have to think about where all of the meanings of of all these transits come from, and they come from our ancestors looking up at the sky, right? And people were freaked out hundreds of years ago when the sun was was blocked out. They didn't have the scientific understanding to know what was going on. And so eclipses, they've gotten a pretty bad rap for being catastrophic times. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Now, 
changes can happen from eclipses and we'll talk about what those changes could entail but also we don't have to catastrophize and i think that's going to be a big theme of today's episode <laughs> totally yeah i love how you brought that up also i think that like people already have such a uh, interesting feelings when it comes to Scorpio energy. So there's already that, which then when you add an eclipse, I feel like, yeah, <laughs> we need to debunk it. <laughs> and I think who better to debunk Scorpio energy than to Scorpio moon. So actually, let's just start there. My people have heard me talk about Scorpio energy so much over the past three or four days with Scorpio season beginning. How would you describe Scorpio energy court? Oh, such a good question. I feel like it's taken me a little bit of a few years to really dial in on what I feel it means. Um, But yeah, Scorpio is intense. It is very powerful. It's deep. It's transformational. Um, I also get a lot of shamanic energy when it comes to Scorpio because they are the Phoenix, right? They, they're here to change and transform their own lives and in turn then show others that it is safe for them to do that as well. It's mysterious. It's uncomfortable. It challenges the, uh, current reality that you're living in by asking for change. So it is really deep. Now, it's a water sign. So the element of water is very intuitive and em- empathic. When I see Scorpio energy, I'm like, I always say, I'm like, you cannot lie to a Scorpio. Like someone who has like big Scorpio energy, you can't lie to them. I have my stepdad and my dad, both Scorpios. It's impossible. They just know. Scorpios <laughs> just know. So that like deep intuition that comes with from, from them, um, I think is something that can be very overpowering for some people, but it's, it, it is part of their uh, superpower, which also means they have sometimes big emotions. I don't know if you relate to that, but uh, are you me, yes. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's like, I, I don't know about you, but like, this is what's taken me a long time to understand it because um, as a child and having a 29 degree Scorpio moon, big, big, big emotions and, that was something that, you know, is hard to understand when you're young, right? Um, but it is a superpower when you actually learn to use it and also um, have like a grasp of your own emotional awareness. So it is deep. It's a deep one. <laughs> it is deep. I forgot you have a 29 degree moon because I have a zero degree moon. So oh, yeah. you and I are like the opposite ends of that Scorpio energy, but both we both have moons at critical degrees Mm -hmm. and you know, you talked about like really big emotions kind of being the culmination of Scorpio energy with your moon. I always say like my moon is a little raw baby Scorpio moon and it's just like fresh out of the womb. Like, ah, you know, like what's going on. That's I feel like how my Scorpio moon manifests a lot of the time. Um, But I love everything you said about Scorpio energy. And I think, one of my my good friends and my mentors, she is a Scorpio moon and a Scorpio rising. Mm. And she reads The Alchemist every year. It's her favorite book. And I just read it for the first time. It's a pretty quick read. I read it on the plane back from Europe. And, you know, for anybody on a spiritual path, it seems very like, oh, yeah, of course, this is the meaning of the book, The Alchemist. But if you're just diving into spirituality, that book is so good. It's so deep. And 
much of the book is about the main character enduring all these hardships and facing all these obstacles and all these challenges and feeling like, you know, things are falling apart over and over again. And the culmination of the book without ruining this book, that's like, you know, 50 years old now um, is him realizing that he had the power within him all along that he was Mm -hmm. the alchemist all along journey to actually fully realize his power it wasn't about the quest itself because he's the whole time he's trying to get to the Egyptian pyramids uh, and he starts in Spain so the whole time he's trying to get there and then when he gets there he realizes that the treasure he's looking for was actually at the place he started but he wouldn't be able to see it until he unlocked all these things about himself and all these powers within himself so that feels very topical you know Scorpio is often described as the alchemist because it's very transformative as you said and For me, I have started to really feel into the power of Scorpio being tapped into this like energetic undercurrent that connects us all because it's a really deeply connective sign. It's a deeply intimate sign. It's very vulnerable. I know, uh, I think it was Jennifer. Yeah, she was just talking about how her son and Mercury are in the eighth house which is very Scorpio energy, right? It's it's ruled by Scorpio. So it can be very deep and mysterious, but there's also this component of power that Scorpio brings. And when we're willing to get intimate and vulnerable with ourselves and with other people, there's really great power to be found there. Um, so... Yes, it can be deep and dark and scary and definitely intense. That's always the first word that comes to mind when I think of Scorpio. But there's also, it's intimidating because there's so much power. In fact, like a lot of the times when I meet Scorpios, I'm really drawn to them, but I'm kind of intimidated by them. I'm like, ooh, Mm. what's going on there? Like, that kind of seems scary. It seems really intense, you know. But then there's part of me that's like... I like that. I like this person. You know, Mm -hmm. I like that they're probably willing to go pretty deep. Mm. Now, the other thing we have to talk about with Scorpio energy is reactivity, because I think this could be helpful for people today. (laughs) Anybody feeling a little bit of tension, you know, um, you have to think of the fact that Scorpio is named after the scorpion and Mm -hmm. it's, it's pretty straightforward. A scorpion I don't know if you live anywhere where there are scorpions, but I have I have seen a few in the wild visiting Arizona, and they freak me out. They're really tiny, um, or, mm-hmm. or some of them are, and they just kind of lay there dormant, waiting. They're not trying to bug anybody. They're in their mm-hmm. own little like shell doing their own thing, but if you step on them or come near them or threaten them in any way, that tail is going to sting real quick, and yeah. it's literally paralyzing. Like, this tiny little... I don't know if they're a bug or insect can create paralysis on a full grown human. Like Mm. what? Like, so think about the power there, but also the danger, the fear that comes up when you're around scorpions in general or Mm. Scorpios. Um, (laughs) But like, like here's a great uh, thing to think about too. Like my partner, always wants to wear shoes in the house. And I'm like, where did this come from? Like, I need to be barefoot 24-7. I love being barefoot. And he grew up where there are scorpions. So he, like, always wanted to wear shoes in the house, you know, and, like, checking your shoes before you put your feet into them. And they get their house sprayed for scorpions, like, multiple times a year. So I think, you know, it's easy to be like, oh, yeah, Scorpio the scorpion. But 
if you don't live in a place where there are scorpions, I don't think you realize how scary they kind of are. (laughs) Yeah, no, I remember when I went to Costa Rica, that was like something we had to learn about, but definitely not here in Canada. (laughs) Same, same. Not here in Northern California. Thank goodness. I'm fine. We have, I have enough Scorpio energy to hold down the fort. We're good. We're good. We're bringing it through. Yeah, it is. It's so powerful. And I think that that's why like Scorpio and Gemini's tend to get like the the baddest reputation or the hardest one, I guess, most challenging. And there's this mystery to Scorpio energy, like not fully being able to figure them out, um, not being able to fully understand. You know, I also think of them as a bit of a snake. Like if you're thinking of Harry Potter, Scorpio might be Slytherin energy. And personally for me, Scorpio or sorry, um, uh, snakes are my biggest fear. Like so crippling to me. They're my biggest fear and I try to get over it. And it's like, they have a hidden agenda. You don't know where they're going. Okay. And I feel like that's very similar to the energy of Scorpio. It's like, there's this constant change and evolution and also danger in a sense attached to them because it's so unknown um which is like from a human standpoint all of us looking at that and being like okay like I don't know what to expect here what is this season what does this eclipse have in store I I can't figure it out with my mind there's a mystery and so it is a little bit scary for us um I love that you brought up a snake too because what a great visual like snakes literally shed their skin over and Mm -hmm. over again and it's very scorpionic I hadn't really put the two and two together and same thing with reactivity you know snakes are just kind of doing their thing slithering along and then it's like yeah you know they'll just come and get you or come out of nowhere or be really quiet and sneaky like you said um So, and it's funny that you talked about Gemini because my partner's sister is a double Gemini with a Scorpio rising. And the first time I read her chart, she was like, aren't those the worst ones? And I said, no, no, no. Like, they're all good. You're all good. It's You might have a little bit of a challenge in some ways, especially with Scorpio rising. All my Scorpio risings out there, we love you, but you might be a little more closed off and mysterious at first, you know? Um, So... Looking to, this is a great point, actually, to look at what house is ruled by Scorpio in your chart, what planets you have there. You can always get a free birth chart, the QR code, the description down below. And that's a great jumping off point to really see how this eclipse is going to affect you, what planets it might be near, looking at the very beginning of Scorpio, especially that first five degrees. And we'll go through in just a little bit what this eclipse is bringing for each rising sign. But you are your own best astrologer. So this is a good point to really look at, like, where does Scorpio show up? in my chart. And Rachel says, Scorpio moon here. I'm just so sensitive and super emotional. I don't understand them at all, but really leaning into learning how to balance it out and protect my sensitive energy. Mm -hmm. Beautiful. Beautiful. Yeah. 26 degree Scorpio moon. Nick says, can sometimes tell if I think someone is lying to me, but sometimes I'm fooled trying to take people at face value for the most part and be honest too. And there is a Yes, the depth. There's a deep honesty to Scorpios. Like they mm-hmm. want to get to the bottom of it. They want to um, yeah. 
know the truth of the matter. And that's why it can be a very obsessive sign. Mm-hmm. When I read people with a lot of Scorpio in their charts, I'm like, you are probably a deep researcher, especially Mercury and Scorpio. I'm like, when you're interested in something, you're just going to like keep going and consuming and consuming. And there's almost this addictive tendency to mm. Scorpio. So all signs, all transits, there's a darkness and a light. But Scorpio definitely is more associated with the darkness. Mm. But as we always say about the darkness, there's great power there. Great things yeah. are birthed out of the darkness. Our womb is a dark place, you know, and we all come through a womb into this world. Uh, so we all come out of darkness. And that's really this death and rebirth that Scorpio brings into the picture. <laughs> Bridget says, all I can say is watch out if you come through my path and I have something to say to you today. <laughs> Literally saying. <same. laughs> Corby, I literally had to remind myself to move in compassion with someone who I normally side-eye. Well, I love that you all have the awareness. She says, I'm married to Gemini. It's an interesting relationship. Ooh, Diane's been dreaming of snakes often. Mm. He says, knowing the Scorpio energy in my house has been life-changing. Beautiful. None of us have Scorpio suns, but two risings, one moon, one progressed moon gives me so much understanding and grace Mm. for us all. No offense taken to the Scorpios out there. My poor fiance has to deal with me being a Gemini rising and all the Scorpio energy. We love you, though, Diane. That's what makes you you. The investigation never stops. It can be all consuming. You're telling me I'm a double Virgo with a Scorpio. I'm like always analyzing, always going deeper, like more, more, more. So it can it can be a deep dive. It's so interesting, too, because, like, obviously, this is where it comes into play that some of us have similar energies, but they show up in different ways. So Olivia and I both have Scorpio moons, but she has more Virgo than I do. And I have an Aquarius sun and a a Pisces rising. So for me, it's like mine is all about feeling, like feeling over honestly fact for me. And it's like, that's, that's how that shows up. So it's been constantly learning about how do I trust my intuition and trust the feelings that I have and where I'm being guided and also not get like blindsided because of my Pisces rising. <laughs> I'm like, oh, you know, like this person or when you're in a relationship. So it's so interesting how it shows up differently for all of us, even though and- we have similar energies. And what house is your moon in? Remind me again. Eighth house. Oh, we love that. Your psychic abilities are just more and more in tune every day. Yeah. I love that. Mm-hmm. Eighth house Scorpio moon. doesn't get much conjunct, better than that. Conjunct my Pluto. Yeah. Oh, so, yes. And all of us have all our millennials. We've got Pluto and Scorpio, which I'm sure we'll talk more about. But Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, no, I knew this was going to come up when you and I chatted. And let's just talk about it now. We're going to talk about specifically what the eclipse means. But I love that we're just intuitively following the Scorpio energy, letting this flow. Mm -hmm. So anybody with Pluto and Scorpio, you know, looking at where your Pluto is, if it's a low degree Pluto, you're probably going to feel this eclipse even more intensely than people without a low degree Pluto and Scorpio, uh, because Pluto is the planet of death and rebirth. It rules this eclipse. It rules Scorpio. So it's a big point of transformation for you. But anyone really with Pluto and Scorpio, the, the moon is going to pass over your Pluto in the next day or so. And 
that is just going to further intensify this transformation. But all of us, it's like 1991 to four, right? That have Pluto and Scorpio. Big chunk of that. There's like, yeah, it's like, yeah, it goes into, um, I can't remember what the beginning is, but it's like into the eighties, like late eighties. Oh Um, yeah, I think you're right. I think it's like 89 or something trying Mm -hmm. to pull it up. I have it somewhere, but yeah. Um, it's a pretty big chunk of like people who have Pluto in, um, in Scorpio. I think it goes even like back further than, um, I can't remember the exact time, but, um, I do know there is a quite a big chunk. It's something that I actually talk a lot about in my, um, readings. I'm really like, I, I really think it's super powerful and important as a generation to know who we come in with. Um, and who we share planets with. So those of us who have Pluto and Scorpio, there is somewhere in our chart where we're experiencing like transformation or are here to be transformational characters. Mastin Kip uses that um, in one area of our life as a whole and as a whole. Right. Um, so I think, I just think it's, it's such a, it's such a powerful planet to talk about. Yeah, and I just looked up the dates. It's 1983 to 1995. Got to get the facts, right, when we're talking about getting to the bottom of things. Uh, and when when I was, you know, the USA had its Pluto return this year, so we've been talking a lot about Pluto this year. And I did a full deep dive into the Pluto return in February. And when I was really looking into Pluto's transits through different signs, I realized that Pluto and Scorpio happened during the birth of the internet and Mm -hmm. how much has the internet transformed the world and deeply connected all of us. You know, we can be, you and I are friends and we've never even met each other in person. We're Mm -hmm. friends with people on the other side of the world. We're able to, I had this thought the other night, which is not necessarily related to Pluto and Scorpio, but you know, think about the telephone. Mm -hmm. Like when the telephone was created, it kind of bent space and time. Like you could just pick up someone and be like, what time is it there? And before you could not talk to someone in real time. And the internet just took that the next level. Like show me what it looks like where you are right now. You know, like we can be on different sides of the globe and be in the same room, if you will. Um, So, you know, our generation millennials, we, we witness the birth of the internet, the rise of the internet, and it's almost like we, that's part of us, part of our own mm-hmm. transformation as individuals. Someone asked me the other day, like, do you remember a time before internet? And I'm like, yes, I remember dial up. Like, I remember <laughs> landlines. I remember all of that. And I'm so grateful I do. Yeah. You know, I think there's great power, as we've been talking about power, in understanding the transformation and the evolution of society that happened in the 90s and early 2000s, whereas Gen Z kids coming up and even younger, they've just lived in this internet state. Like they have not known a life without screens and internet and social media. And I think it's really cool that we're like, at least those of us who are millennials are the last generation that kind of remembers what it was like to play outside and, you know, call up your friend on their landline and have to ask their mom to talk to them on the phone and, you know, all of that stuff. So calling your crush, literally, oh my God. 
<laughs> You'll never know. Like having to text. Like I wish I could have had the ability to just send them a text. No, I had to learn to call them. <laughs> and I remember when texting first became popular, I had like a hundred texts a month and my parents yeah. were like, or maybe it was a, a word limit or something. And my parents were like, why don't you just call the person? I'm like, that's so embarrassing. And so then AIM was a thing where you would oh. online chat and, you know, so. It's so funny. Those of us who have been lucky enough to witness the birth of the internet now, I mean, we're live streaming and, and talking yeah. live with you all. Like this is deeply connective right now. Um, so I, I love talking about that when yeah. talking about Scorpio energy and specifically those of us who have Pluto and Scorpio and something you said months ago when we were talking about this is that we are the generation here to reclaim our power. Mm. Mm -hmm. It's so interesting, like everything that you just said and we, it's like this in between, right? Like Pluto and Scorpio, it's death and rebirth. So it's like, how can we take part of what we know from our past and now transition that into whatever it is that we're creating here in the future. Right. I also want to bring up the fact that like Scorpio is also taboo tab subjects and Pluto to me is very deeply psychological, psych psychological, psychologically based. And so thinking of the things and the topics that millennials bring up, um, we're talking more about mental health. We're talking more about, um, going to therapy. We're talking more about money and finances. We're talking more about sex and pleasure, like all things that have been the occult. Like mm -hmm. this, look at the shows that we were interested in when we were growing up. I was Sabrina, like Sailor yes. Moon, my jam, right? Like anything <laughs> that had to do with like the occulty kind of mysticism, we were into it. And so it's like bred this like new sort of way forward. And what I want to say too, is that yes, this is part of this eclipse cycle, but, but deeper than that, with the nodes here, with the South node, so close to a lot of our Pluto placements, we are being asked to move away from things that are taking us out of our power or reclaim our own power. And what I, what I mean when I say that is like, how are you scared of your own personal power? Mm. like mm -mm -mm. right and it's like okay so take that become your own inner authority and go do what you want to do like there there it's such a powerful placement but I think we're we're in a way we're scared of it because there's also a lot of fear right um yeah totally totally and I have to bring up I posted this a long time ago and I did not come up with this quote. It's Marianne Williamson, but it's one of my favorite quotes. I had it framed. I framed it for my mom like 20 years ago, you know, when I first heard it. Um, and it's, it feels very fitting for this eclipse. Our deepest fear is not that we are inadequate. Our deepest fear is that we are powerful beyond measure. Mm -hmm. It is our light, not our darkness, that most frightens us. We ask ourselves, who am I to be brilliant, gorgeous, talented, fabulous? Actually, who are you not to be? And as we let our own light shine, we unconsciously give other people permission to do the same. As we are liberated from our own fear, our presence automatically liberates others. 
And that's just a portion of the quote. It's a much longer quote, but it feels very fitting for this eclipse because fear, you know, fear has come up multiple times in this conversation. And there could be a lot of fears coming up around the Scorpio solar eclipse. What's deep and dark and hiding within you, right? Um, fear is usually what we kind of push down or resentment or kind of these darker emotions when they come up, even sadness, even grief. It's like we really, as a society, we don't have a lot of spaces that are open for just like, wow, I'm, you know, there are groups and support groups and things like that. But publicly, Mm -hmm. it's pretty profound when you see just for example, on social media, someone I know there's an account of a woman who just cries on social media. I you you have gotten popular for crying on social media. (laughs) Don't do that. You know, Mm. I have multiple times like recorded a story of myself or a picture of me being like, very Scorpio moon, deeply feeling things. And then I always, almost always stop myself. And I find that when I don't, when I do go forward and share the thing that's most vulnerable, share the darkness that's coming up for me, people love it. (laughs) You know, they're like, oh, that's really her. They deeply connect to it. Mm -hmm. And so again, part of that connection, our deepest fear is not that we are inadequate. Our deepest fear is that we are powerful beyond measure. When we're vulnerable, when we're intimate, when we're real and authentic, there is power in that. And that can be really intimidating. Like, what if I let this part of myself, this very powerful, deep part of myself be seen and then what do I have to keep showing this part of myself? Then people will know, you know, will see my power. And then I almost have to like live up to this, this power, this responsibility. So that can be where fear comes from too. Mm, Yeah. I love that quote. It's so beautiful. I think it's a great representation of Scorpio energy. Yes. But even this eclipse, right? Like our, it's so, especially with Saturn and Aquarius, like all of us are really being asked to authentically be ourselves. And that is scary sometimes, right? Like a lot of, a lot of people don't know how to do that. And, you know, there's a lot of reasons for that, whether it's trauma, conditioning, societal things, or you're still finding out who you are. So I think that that's part of the course of like, as you grow and learn, but understanding that you came here for a reason and you have a power within yourself offering that to the world is one of the best gifts that you can do. And that is the change that you are here to create. So, Mm. um, yeah, it's, it is super, super powerful. So I, I do encourage everyone to look and see, even if you don't have Pluto and Scorpio, look and see where your Pluto is. Um, because it's a, it's a very powerful part of your chart. Absolutely. And I think, too, you know, why why are you afraid of showing up as your authentic self or sharing that deeply vulnerable thing? Those could be questions to ask yourself, regardless of where your Pluto is around this Scorpio solar eclipse. Uh, You know, this is not just a new moon. It marks a huge death and a rebirth. And I want to briefly just go back to like the internet, this analogy we were talking about when Pluto was in Scorpio for those of us who were born in the eighties and nineties, so much died when the internet was born, right? Mm -hmm. Like basically cut out the landline. 
Yeah. And because phones, you know, it, it cut out the flip phone. Now we just have the internet in our hand at all times. We have this little portal. Scorpio mm. feels very like portal energy too, you know, coming from one realm into another maybe. Um, but a lot, a lot died when the internet was born and there's been so much good that has come out of it. But we also lost a complete way of life, I think. Mm-hmm. Uh, even TV. The internet yeah. has transformed TV. We don't sit and watch TV like we used to. We can browse whatever we want at any time using the internet. So just mm-hmm. you have to think about the full big picture of transformation. And that to me is really helpful to realize like, you know, who had a great video about this. I think he posted it yesterday was Colin from Queer oh, yeah. Cosmos. Uh, I think I, he, he mm-hmm. talked about Scorpio energy. Uh, what was the quote he used? Like, Basically, in order to move forward, you got to pay a debt, essentially. Mm -hmm. There's always this payment. You can't have trust without vulnerability, you know, and Mm -hmm. he said it way better than me. So go follow Queer Cosmos if you aren't already. He had this beautiful description of Scorpio energy. Oh, that's so good because it's like Scorpio. um, I also, okay, there's a couple things I want to say, but this one I wanted to say is like Scorpio also has this like inheritance factor, right? And When I say that in readings or when that gets brought up, it's like sometimes we inherit this like trauma, right? From our past. We can sometimes also inherit money. Yes. But also what else are we inheriting? And right now in order, using that quote, in order to move forward, sometimes you got to pay a debt. I want you to look around. I know right now in the States, there's a lot going on in terms of moving away from some school debt which I would hope that they can bring that here, please. So we can move forward. And so there is this, like, you got to pull away from what was to move t- towards what's going to happen. And I think that's the discomfort, right? There's so much, uh, what does this mean? There's questions that come up that sometimes aren't always answered, but it's like just knowing that we can say goodbye and close a chapter, like, Cue the graduation song. Like, it is time, you know? Um, the other thing I wanted to mention, actually, this is just sidebar going back to the internet. Saturn was also in Aquarius, 1994. Yeah, that's yeah. when, yeah, the, like, birth of the World Wide Web or, I don't know, go back and fact check, but I know Saturn was in Aquarius at that time. You're right. You're absolutely right. Because, you know, I was born in 93. I have Saturn and Aquarius. So and it was all happening. Actually, I have this pulled up right now. The Internet officially went online. Let me see. Let me see. Uh, Amazon also was founded in 1994. So think about that. The birth wow. of online shopping. And no one give up your business. November 4th, Scorpio season, the first conference devoted entirely to the subject of commercial potential on the World Wide Web happened in San Francisco uh, in 1994. So you have to like time travel back a little bit and think, I mean, how many people were like, what is this email? You know, we're just going to send our parcels in the mail or why are the kids on chat why don't you just pick up the phone and call somebody yeah it's it's kind of fun and nostalgic to look back but also Mm. our generation is the first generation that has most of our lives been able if we have a question we can look it up I remember I spent hours Mm. with my friends on google just googling things and now like if I have a question 
I have to know the answer. That's probably my Scorpio moon, but I'm like, no, I will get to the bottom of this. When people are like, oh, I wonder, and just don't look it up. I'm like, you, you're just going to wonder. Yeah. Like, oh, like what more people before the internet had to go grab an encyclopedia so oh like, my gosh. we're like oh okay well I wonder I'm curious you know and it was we had a class where we had to do that and I specifically remember being like why like what is the point of this which is interesting because that also speaks to our evolution right like I think some sometimes we are like why do we need to do this and then like somebody invents something that then helps that sort of move along. So, mm-hmm. hey, shout out to everybody who's creating a business or inventing something right now because you never know down the road what, when that's going to be needed. So just keep going. <laughs> 100%. Well, you and I could just sit here and literally talk about Scorpio energy all day. We love it. But I specifically want to talk about what we see for this eclipse. And everything we've said definitely plays into this death and rebirth cycle that we're feeling right now. Uh, And I think it's important to mention, too, that there was a set of eclipses on the Scorpio-Taurus axis in May, April and May of this year. So six months ago, we had a solar eclipse in Taurus and a lunar eclipse in Scorpio. Now, six months later, this cycle is being revisited. And even a year ago is when this eclipse axis like really started to be highlighted and we started to feel these shifts so it might not be that today everything is falling apart or something is falling away it might be a broader cycle that we're looking at like what has died over the past year over the past six months and what has been born and what is continuing to generate and be reborn. What layer of skin do you need to shed right now to continue to step into that evolution? Um, So I'm going to pull up the chart as well and just show you what's going on because we've got a lot happening in Scorpio at two degrees of Scorpio. We have the sun, moon, and Venus all right there right now. So we talked about Venus Kazitni over the weekend. Venus really taking center stage to start Scorpio uh, season. Scorpio season. Uh, I feel like corpse, Scorpio, you know, it's, it's all one and the same. Um, <laughs> lots of death. But mm-hmm. Venus is really a big part of what's happening astrologically right now. And Venus is conjunct the moon, the sun right now, and bringing an element of like relationships, finances, as we've talked about, and love in general into the picture and into this eclipse. So Court, how do you see Venus playing into all of this? Look, I'm here for it. Okay. (laughs) Me too. Me Uh, too. I'm like, I love Venus and Scorpio in people. It's something I find very uh, attractive and like alluring in a sense. Um, but the fact that this is so closely connected does tell me that there is a death and rebirth cycle within, especially after we just had that Venus, uh, Kazemi, Venus Sun Kazemi. I feel like there is a death and rebirth around, um, financial systems and structures, but also deeper than that, our value. Okay. Like, our self-worth and our value is undergoing a lot of change and transformation. I think we've been seeing this play out. And I do think that on a greater scale, collectively, we are going to see how this is changing. Um, 
the certain financial things within the world. Um, and I think that that's something we will see today. In fact, I just briefly read something. I'm not going to bring it up here, but um, I do think that if we go and look around, there's going to be some more things that come out around our finances um, in systems in the world. Um, but also that happens within ourselves as well. So um, definitely a death and rebirth in that. In terms of relationships, look, I'm happy about this. Okay. I will gladly call this in. <laughs> so yes. out there that wants more pleasure or depth in relationship, I would say this is this could be a new start your of a time. Cycle. This is your time. Yeah. Let's just watch for the obsessive or um compulsive. Thank you. <laughs> Energy that can going out. too deep, too fast. Yeah. I've been there for sure. <laughs> <laughs> I'm always there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So that's what I would say about that, to be honest. Yeah. Yeah, but I think today would be a really interesting day, too, to watch, like, financial markets. I'm not tapped into financial markets. I haven't seen any major, like, everything's crashing. So, again, it doesn't have to be that there's, like, the eclipses bring this huge meltdown in your life, in the collective. And remember, this is the beginning of eclipse season. This is the beginning of the cycle. We have a lunar eclipse in two weeks, which marks this culmination point of the eclipses. So it might not be that everything happens today. It might be that today is the beginning of this shedding process. You could see things start to fall away. Emotions could still be coming up over the next couple of days or even the next couple of weeks. And by the lunar eclipse in Taurus, I think a lot more will be illuminated about what has been released, how we got here. And mm -hmm. I think the lunar eclipse, especially in Taurus, is going to be this culmination point of this six-month cycle from the solar eclipse that happened mm -hmm. back in April or May. Uh, I, I think that's really mm -hmm. going to be bigger moment of awareness. So as much as we all want to have it figured out now, especially under a Scorpio moon, we're like, we just need to, to know yeah. what's going on. Um, I think we always say during eclipse season, surrender, surrender to the transformation, surrender to whatever changes are coming up. But especially with this, this moon, this solar eclipse in Scorpio, there's such a tendency to want to control and manipulate definitely a shadow of Scorpio. And all of these shadows, we both say with love because we embody yeah. them in a lot of ways, right? Yeah, um, okay. <laughs> yeah. yeah Scorpio placements, this is no shade at you because no. we only know about it because we've been we, it, right? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. We've experienced it. Also, I was going to say, um, in terms of the... Oh, no, I lost my thought. It'll come back to me eventually. <laughs> It'll come back. Yeah. Corby said she was just journaling about her self-worth and value this morning. And that is another great place to start, you know, if you're if you're like, okay, how do I process what's going on? Yes. Okay, Corby, you actually, something sparked for me in that. So thank you. Um, but I, I want to go back to just the whole, like, uh, financial piece of the puzzle. Like I'll talk about you guys in the States. I don't obviously know that much, but obviously the debt forgiveness for student loans has come out. Um, and I think that that's a really great, just going off of what you had said about like something might start around this time, but it might take time. I think that's a great example because by going through that process, if you are someone who's sending in your information and you're, you're going through that and it's still a little unknown, um, that it's probably going to take some time, right? Whether you get the payment immediately or in a couple weeks, but what does that change for you as an individual? 
right? And what new doors is that going to open, which is something that I actually want to say, because as someone who I have a lot of school debt, so just knowing that there's an option for you that's opened a new door in six months from now, what is that going to look like? You know, so I just wanted to say that I think it's a very interesting one and topic to cover. Um, I'm a little jealous because like, can it come here? But (laughs) I'm sure, you know, Canada sometimes follows. I feel like a lot of the times you guys are you're yeah. close. You're also ahead in a lot of ways too. Like with the <laughs> universal healthcare, we could really take True. a note from Canada. Um, yeah. And you know, I have to to mention that last year on the Scorpio new moon was when I started this live stream. So it was actually November fourth last year was the Scorpio new moon, and and that's a great example of how the moon cycles are a little off from our Gregorian calendar or whatever calendar we use. Um, So my official one year anniversary isn't until another like week and a half. But moon wise, this is a one year moment for me. And it's interesting because there is this like almost dichotomy between death and rebirth, right? Like I can look back on who I was a year ago. Like I looked different. How I presented myself was different. That girl has died. You know, that version of me is dead. I'm not a news Mm. reporter anymore. And there were a lot of fears coming up last year around like, okay, if I leave behind this part of myself, who am I going to become? But now Mm. it's almost exciting to be like, look how much I've transformed in the past year and how much has changed and how many opportunities have come up and how much the universe has taken me on side routes and done all these other things that I did not envision for myself. And what could happen a year from now if I just continue to deeply surrender and shed even another layer of skin and be like, okay, universe, who am I going to become by this time next year, or even six months from now? So, you know, these, these solar eclipses, lunar eclipses, all the eclipses are in conjunction with the north and south node. So this afternoon, specifically, the moon will be conjunct the south node at 13 degrees, because it's not quite exact. I think it's just a partial solar eclipse, this one. Um, But anytime the moon is conjunct the south node, it's like, okay, past versions of ourselves could come up. And that doesn't necessarily mean it has to be destructive patterns, although that is a possibility, you know, I think a few of you have been kind and vulnerable enough to share like, okay, some destructive stuff came up for me today. But also it could be that you have moments today of like almost nostalgia, like, wow, I'm so different than this past version of myself, or I'm fully letting go of that version of me because also the solar eclipse is opposing the North node. And when we have an opposition, we can see very clearly what's on the other side of things. So we can see where we're supposed to be going. We know the North Node in Taurus is taking us to a place of renewal and growth and sustainability. Uh, and, and maybe even things around climate change come up today. Mm-hmm. You might have seen the people who've been going all over Europe and throwing things on paintings. Have you seen this? No. These activists who are putting like the growing like tomato soup on Monet and mashed potatoes on like Picasso and things like that. Of course, I don't support that. And a lot of climate activists are like, this is not the way to go about, Mm. you know, speaking out against climate change. But I watched a video and they're getting a lot of attention. And 
when I watched it, I was like, you know what? I kind of get it because their whole message was, why do you care about us messing up this painting that's hundreds of years old if by 2050 we're not going to be able to feed our families or if the world is crumbling around us? Like, who cares about preserving this painting if it might not even exist in 30, 40 years? So, mm. you know, a lot of um, fears around the death of the world, the death of our climate could be coming up during this eclipse cycle too. And we all have to get real with ourselves about like, what do we leave behind? What small changes can we make? What habits yeah. on a very practical level, you know, start composting. You know, if you are buying uh, plastic water bottles all the time, that's something to let go of, please. I beg yeah. you, you know, just buy a reusable water bottle. You'll save money and you'll save the environment. Um, so you know, it, it could be on a smaller scale. It doesn't necessarily mean that this eclipse is like your whole life is falling apart. Mm -hmm. Yeah, those are really great points. I think there are little things that we can do every day that allow us to create change in our in our lives. Um, I will say that obviously we're dealing with a lot of fixed energy, which is prob it's probably why there's like resistance to all of this change. Um, and sometimes that's okay, but for the most part, I think it's important for us to look around and see what are those little changes we can make in our daily life, you know, to say goodbye to the old and welcome the new. It doesn't, it doesn't have to be scary. Like, you know, I think a lot of us grow up being like the end is so scary or, you know, saying goodbye is scary. That was something for me that was really hard when I was little, I had separation anxiety and, you know, me too, that actually. <laughs> oh, interesting. Yeah, that is super interesting. And it's it, uh, working through that, right? And working through, okay, I'm, I'm going to be safe. I'm going to come back. I'll see this person again. Um, but, you know, it's also beautiful to allow those versions of me to exit and welcome that new version of me, whatever that looks like. Um, and so I think that's just yeah, another little addition there. Yeah, you know, fixed energy, it's often said you have to have a breakdown before you have a breakthrough, and that could be coming up for you, especially around this solar eclipse or in the coming weeks. Mm -hmm. But also, you know, I, I used to be the same way. Like when my mom would drop me off on the first day of school, I would have a full breakdown for years. Every year, I didn't want her to leave. Mm -hmm. And as silly as this sounds, imagine if I never let go of that version of myself. You know, I mean, still have a little bit of anxious attachment that we're working through over here, some codependency issues, I'll be honest. But like, imagine if I just anytime I had a new opportunity or a new chapter, I just had a full breakdown, because mm. I didn't want to like leave my comfort zone, you know, so there's there is beauty in looking back at past versions of ourselves that we have left behind and appreciating them. Like they were part of our evolution. It's almost like a snake looking back at old skins, you know, like, Oh, that, that was part of me once. And mm -hmm. it served me for that time. It taught me something in that time, but now I'm going to open to a new part of me that maybe knows her power a little bit more or, um, you know, is more confident or just, knows a deeper truth about herself, mm -hmm. you know, knows what I'm capable of because I've done the death over and over again. So, you know, I love that Scorpio season is very much associated with death. Of course, the leaves are falling. 
the the environment is literally dying around us. Um, we have the veil thinning. We have Halloween. It's a very death dark time. But there's also this deep reverence for ancestry around this time. And you know, we can even look at our ancestors like past versions of ourselves. Like we were literally part of them at one point. You know, yeah. they had to live their lives and make their mistakes and go through all their hardship in order for us to be here. And also many of us are still working through the karmic lessons and patterns and shit that they pass down to us subconsciously. There's a lot with the subconscious as well with Scorpio energy. So it could be that fears or beliefs that you're like, how did you even get in there, you know, are coming up now. And you're like, where did this come from? Maybe it came from three generations back and you are the one that finally is here dealing with it. Welcome to Pluto and Scorpio. That is 100% the key. It's like, what? no matter how much work you do or like, you know, your mindset, sometimes things are just within us on a very deep level. And it's like, oh, is this mine or is this someone else's? And, and you know, that's up to us to kind of move and change and change the patterns, um, which is what this is all about. Coming back to inheritance. What beliefs did we inherit? You know, what traits did we inherit? Maybe you Mm -hmm. inherited them from the generation before you, or a lot of my work in the past couple of years has been specifically looking at my grandma and her mother and being like, Oh, Oh, Okay. Because it's really easy to look at our parents. We're so attached to them. We're so, you know, we have those cords. This is a great time for cord cutting, my friends. Scorpio energy is all about cutting the cords. Uh, Cutting people off, but not in a harsh way. We can be nice about it. Um, But it's like, oh, you're this way because your mom was this way and because her mom was this way. And then it takes this resentment and this blame out of it, at least for me. And it's just this deeper understanding, which we talked about being associated with Scorpio energy, getting to the bottom of things, getting to the truth of things. Like she is this way for a reason. I am this way for a reason. And now that I know that reason, now that I know the truth of the matter, I have the power to become who I want to be. I have the power to break generational cycles. I have the power to stop that pattern for hopefully my daughter someday or my children someday. And, um, you know, alchemize this pain that's been carried and carried and carried and turn it into something beautiful. So, so you know, that's very much. And and even Katie, I just, you know, we started off this conversation with you talking about that your little blow up this morning and how you talk to your kids about it. Like Mm. I just think of you when I think of that, because I know so many of us out there have parents who did not necessarily always know how to handle their emotions. And instead of just owning that and being like, I'm having a hard day or I'm working through this thing, it was just not talked about or pushed down, you know, and many people are just still holding that. And then I, for a long time, I have been holding that too, you know, so, um, Mm. We're getting real deep, of course, talking about the Scorpio eclipse, but a lot of us, I think, can relate, I'm assuming. Maybe it's just me, but... No, 100%. I think all of that is is really, really um, well said. I saw it a lot as well when I worked with kids, and um, I will say this, because obviously I talk a lot about kids' astrology as well, but it's really important for us as adults to 
learn our own emotions and the things that are going on in our life. So then that way we can support this younger generation, whether it's our own kids, whether it's children we're working with, you know, our nieces, nephews, whatever. Um, But they are emotional beings. And just as what Olivia said, like when we understand ourselves and our emotions, like that is one of the keys of Scorpio, (laughs) Like to Mm -hmm. understand your own depth and what you're going through and be able to vulnerably share that, that it leaves such a good example for these children that are coming into the world. And so, yeah, I agree with everything you're saying. And I just think great little reminder for us all. (laughs) And that our energy is powerful, especially when we're talking about the next generation. And there is a lot of depth you know, we can get into inheritance. Again, Scorpio, it feels like this deep generational energy. But when we're around children too, even our energy affects them. And that is something to be accountable for and to understand our power around. You know, my best friend just had a baby and it's really the first little like niece or nephew I've had. I don't have siblings. So I'm like, this is like, I get to be an aunt to someone. And it's gotten me thinking a lot about like, oh my gosh, what kind of auntie do I want to be? You know, and that kind of scares me a little bit too. Like the first couple of times I've been around him, I'm like, I don't necessarily know like mm. how to, well, I mean, he's literally like five months old, so we've got time, but um, <laughs> you know, and then I've been thinking a lot about like, what energy do I want to have around this kid? How do I want him to feel around me? Mm. So again, like, I tell this to my partner too, like you have so much power when you enter a room and your energy is so powerful Mm -hmm. and taking responsibility, taking accountability for that and knowing that can be so huge. So I just encourage you if you're finding this and, and watching this today, if nothing else, tap into your influence, your power, like what power do you have in not only over yourself, but over the people around you? And it's not that you're controlling people, but your energy, we are all deeply connected by these cords. So especially the people you have deep connections with, there's a lot of power there and a lot of responsibility too. That just gave me like so many chills. Oh, I love it. (laughs) Speaking of my partner, make sure to like and subscribe. Thank you, babe. Um, My daughter is a Pisces with a Scorpio rising and she's the exact opposite to me, but the same. So when I noticed her moods, I asked myself, how can I relate? Beautiful. Katie says my parents struggled and yelled and punished. It's a lot of work for me to change these patterns, but so worth it. And we so see you, Katie. Like, I think what you're doing is amazing. Brie too. I know you're a mama teaching them and practicing ourselves emotional responsibility. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Uh, okay, I want to get into what this eclipse means for each sign, um, you know, because we could just talk all day. Scorpio energy is so deep that I feel like we could like literally just go deeper and deeper and deeper. Never end. Yeah, with if that can be overwhelming. I recognize with my Scorpio placements, it can be a little much for people. So, you know, let's talk about what this eclipse is bringing for each sign. And I always recommend 
checking your rising sign or listening for your rising sign. If you don't know your rising sign and you do know your birth time, you can get a free copy of your birth chart on my website and look for the ASC ascendant. It's another word for rising. I realize I'm like, I think I need to clarify that because if you're looking for rising, you're not, you're not going to find it. I don't know why the astrology world has decided to use two different terms for this, but that's okay. That's why we're here. So we're going to go through each sign very briefly, talk about what house that this eclipse is lighting up for you, or maybe bringing more darkness to for you. And if you are more advanced and you have a copy of your chart, specifically look to zero to five degrees of Scorpio, where that falls, what house that falls in, because there is a chance it could be uh, you know, the house after or before, or, or it's different for everybody, right? Mm-hmm. So If you are more advanced, listen for the house as well. So, ready for it? Let's get into it. This is like my favorite part of moons. Okay, I want to start with Scorpio risings and work our way back, forward through the houses, back through the signs, I think is how we're going to do it. So, Scorpio risings, there's a good chance this is hanging out in your 12th house, but over the next couple days coming off of this eclipse, you're really going to start to feel that first house energy. And the first house is about our appearance. So maybe a change to your physical appearance, but also like, who am I? What am I here to do? And remember, if you're a Scorpio rising, your ruling planet is Pluto. So you are a natural alchemist. You are here to continually evolve and transform. That is your power. So for you, just stepping into that next phase of your evolution and shedding the skin like the snake analogy that Court mm-hmm. brought up. What do you mm-hmm. see for our Scorpio risings? Yeah, there's. I've, I have a lot of Scorpio rising friends. A lot. Um, I love it. A lot of deep transformation going on in their lives right now. Um, I've noticed some fears being purged out. That's probably more so the 12th house. But just knowing that giving yourself space, giving yourself space to feel and allow it to come out and know that there is a renewal. This is really big rebirth energy of being in your first house. Um, And I also just want to be like, you know, you had said yesterday, Olivia, like the tattoo thing. I'm like, so are these Scorpio risings going to get new tattoos or what? <laughs> yeah, if anybody knows of a good tattoo artist in Sacramento, hit me up because Venus is in Scorpio and I have been waiting on a tattoo for like two years. And I'm like, this is the time. But yeah, especially if you're a Scorpio rising, I feel yeah. like you probably already have tattoos. I would just venture yeah, to do. guess. Yeah. <laughs> they do. They just do. Oh, uh, yeah. We love the Scorpio risings of the world. They can be a little intimidating at first, but there's something about them. I'm always just like, ooh, like it's very, very like um, captivating. They're they're full. So like, what are you hiding? What's going on with you? I love it. Again, that's the Scorpio moon. I'm like, I need to get to the bottom of you. I need to figure you out. Mm -hmm. So yeah, Scorpio risings just a powerful time for you, a powerful time for you in general. And the thing that came up when you were talking is that the deeper of the release that you're feeling, the the deeper the fears are that are coming up, the more powerful the transformation is going to be in the next phase. So my husband's a Scorpio rising and tattoos himself. Yep. Oh my God, the stick and poke. Literally, I was having a conversation yesterday with people who are like sticking, poking, these stick and poke things on themselves. I was like, wow, Scorpio season is here. (laughs) 
like <laughs> you like the pain too. Like let's yeah. I mean that's something about Scorpio energy too. Like Scorpios tend to like pain. Oh, that's why yeah. Venus and Scorpio can be very sexual, like BDSM time, you know, because they're like, yes, like I want to feel it so deeply. Yeah. So it's so that's funny. That's who I've come from. TMI, but like this is who I primarily dated are Scorpio, Venus Scorpio signs. Hilarious. Of course. Yeah. They're like <laughs> Paddle me, whip me, all the things. Like that is that is Scorpio energy. <laughs> oh my god, I love it. Um, Fifty shades of gray. That's what that's all I have to say. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> We're here for it. We're here for it. We're getting real. It's a Scorpio yeah. solar eclipse. Okay. We won't talk as in depth about the other signs, but Scorpios just the Scorpio risings of the world deserved a little extra time today. Yeah. Let's move on to our Libra risings. This solar eclipse is lighting up or bringing darkness to your second house, which is all about finances. So that Venus component that we talked about, Mm -hmm. Venus is probably moving into your second house as well. It could uh, be a big moment for you to reflect on your values and what's going on with money. I could see either a big uh, influx of cash or an outflow of cash coming to you, some sort of big shift Mm -hmm. in your bank account. But I think the key here is trusting that if there are big changes happening with money for you or if they're not happening just yet, that they're on the way and Mm -hmm. they're likely leading you in a new direction or opening up new doors for you in some way. Yeah, lots of change around the value system, I think, or just aligning more with creating money um, or resources for yourself through what it is that you value. I think that's a big Uh, theme in general but asking yourself that you know like are you aligned with what you value in in terms Mm -hmm. of how you're making your money Mm -hmm. this is in my second house so I'm like yes give me give me all the wisdom (laughs) because fear around money has truly been coming up a lot for me lately and normally I'm just like it's all good like we're gonna be fine and this one year mark as I've been talking about has been really like okay we're a year in now like feeling that pressure, you know, but I feel like this solar eclipse for all of us with the solar eclipse in the second house is like releasing the fear around money, Mm -hmm. really tapping into and aligning with our values and what's truly important to us. And Mm -hmm. that's when magic happens and things start to unlock and evolve and we can kind of release the fear and step into the unknown. And yeah, that's what I'm hoping for, at least for myself selfishly. Yeah. What would happen if you trusted? That's like for me, what would happen? You know, if you've, if you've worried and you've been in fear, what would happen instead? If you just trusted that's, I love what you said that. Yeah. That's what I keep coming back to also, you know, I have the voices of like, Oh God, like what's going to happen. And then it's like, just trust everything's worked out so far. Mm-hmm. But, oh my gosh. Like it feels scary, but it's okay. It's going to be all good. So if you're in the yeah. same boat and you're going back and forth like that, I'm right there with you. I heard uh, or I saw a meme yesterday that was like, it said strength is not an absolute. Like strength Mm -hmm. comes in ways, you know, we think of like, oh, this person is strong. But strength is kind of like emotional. It it can, it can flux. So same goes with all things, right? Confidence, Mm -hmm. trust. Mm -hmm. It's okay if it's fluctuating. Mm, I love that. 
coming back to trusting in myself and the universe. Rachel says that's coming up for me too. Beautiful. Okay, moving on to our Virgo risings. This Scorpio moon is moving into the third house for you. And for me, the, the mantra that comes up is you can change your mind. You can change your mind. New information could force you to see things differently. Conversations could pop up that change your mind in some way. Uh, but just kind of staying open to learning. And when a conversation does come up that might feel uncomfortable, we talked about discomfort with Scorpio energy. There's probably some transformation there for you. And leaning into that discomfort and like, why do I feel uncomfortable talking about this thing? Mm, yes, that's so huge. Also, I'm just getting this like vibe that, you know, if you if your intuition is telling you something right now, believe it. There is this, you know, Scorpio energy in the third house is is very connected. I've read a lot of mediums charts. And by the way, they have this a lot of the time. Mm -hmm. So just really tapping into your in, your your own intuition and um if you feel something come up that you want to share or, you know, it's a little uncomfortable or you're being asked to be a little bit more vulnerable in something like I would really go for it. But, you know, take your time. But I think that there is something there to pay attention to for sure. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Listening to your inner voice with this deep introspective Scorpio energy as much as or even more than you're listening to the voices of other people around yes. you, I think is is big especially for our Virgo risings out there who we just want to analyze all the outside information. I get it. I'm right there with you. Want to bring it all in and collect as much as we can and then put together a nice little report of how it all makes sense. But sometimes that intuitive voice inside us being like, no, do this thing. In fact, yeah. I have a little surprise for you all at the end of this show that is very much an embodiment of that, of everybody telling me like, hold off, wait, don't do it. And I'm like, nope, I feel like I'm going to do it. <laughs> so there it is. Yeah. There. Okay, Leo Risings. This is in the fourth house for you, this solar eclipse. And I see a big transformation in the home or family for you. Mm -hmm. It could be like your physical home transforming or maybe like a roommate leaving or something like that. Or just family dynamics within the home, within your, your close family could be shifting. Um, so it could be from rearranging the furniture to like, cutting someone out of the will, <laughs> whatever it is, it feels like there's a lot of family dynamic shifting. Yeah, it's definitely, again, I have a lot of Leo rising friends and it's interesting because I've, um, that bottom part of the chart represents so much to do with our own inner worlds ancestors as well. So like, you know, as we were talking about mm -hmm. the patterns of our ancestors, but also thinking in terms of like what is going on in the home front, what is happening in terms of the connections in your home. Um, I think that's a big one, but also I know that there's been a lot of transformation for Leo risings in their career. And so is anything like that coming up in terms of the home front and your work life, work life balance being a big theme here. Um, so just something else to consider during this time. But I do think that that family connection piece is um, a big theme during this eclipse. Totally. I love mm -hmm. all of that. That was so mm -hmm. on point. Yeah. yeah. Leo Risings, you might be going through it a little bit, but yeah. it's going to be good. Trust. Mm -hmm. Trust is the key. Trust is the answer for all of these horoscopes that we're giving. Mm -hmm. Okay. Cancer Risings. Fifth house energy for you with this solar eclipse, my favorite house to talk about. And I just feel like it's like what's holding you back 
from experiencing joy. And this is something I think Colin mentioned in that video yeah. we brought up, the Queer Cosmos video. Like fear and joy are both on the same coin. Mm -hmm. They're two sides of the same coin. And there's this almost fear being the debt you have to pay in order to fully experience joy. If you don't cross over your fear, you'll never fully experience joy. So mm -hmm. it might be that like you, especially cancer risings, you probably have this like little shell that you like to live in and not fully let people see who you really are. But what would happen if you just let that softness be seen by the world. If you just opened up the crab shell a little bit more, I think a creative spark could come up through this eclipse for you and birth a new project of some sort or even just a new evolution of yourself. If you just allow yourself to trust in what it would feel like to be truly joyful and almost like this childlike joy. There's a lot of creativity that could come out of this for you. Mm, yes. It's also very, um, it, I love that. I love what Colin said. It, this has been coming up in a lot of sessions recently. Like what, what's your connection to pleasure, you know? And like, do what, what, where is your capacity for that? Whether it's creative pleasure or sexual pleasure or whatever it is, like allowing yourself to just have that. Cause actually it's just part of life, you know, and I need to learn this. It's not something that comes easy to me. So I'm saying this as I know I need to learn as well, but especially if you have cancer rising and this is happening in the fifth house right now, it's like, can you let go of all of those fears that you, that are holding you back from allowing you to experience the literal pleasure in life? Hmm. Like walk yes. through that portal. <laughs> like, yeah, please today, if you're a cancer rising, go have some fun. Okay. Just like pleasure town. <laughs> And, yes. And remember, you don't have to have a partner either. Like, especially talking to my women out there, you do not have to have a partner to experience pleasure. You have the power within you, my friends. So that's your assignment, Cancer Risings. Mm. Even if you need to be in your safe space, in your home, and feel totally comfortable, we get it. We Light totally a candle. get it. Yeah. Light a candle for yourself. Be your own light in the darkness. And let yourself feel and can we talk about a release pleasure is like for me the most powerful form of release right yes. it's like so much can move through us when we let ourselves get to this ecstatic state of joy and that doesn't even always have to be through sex you know you it could be having like a really hard workout and just like physically feeling oh. the endorphins or dancing or you know yoga or things like that too but mm -hmm. i mean for All me, it's just, sex is the shortcut there. <laughs> and orgasm is the shortcut to to that feeling, that release. Or like, if you're feeling ambitious, do all of the above. Go to a yoga class, do a yeah. workout, have sex. You know, like eat some, you have a donut, like whatever you want to do. Like you enjoy yourself today. <laughs> if you're feeling the tension really, really badly, just do it all. Yeah. <laughs> just pack your day full of pleasure. All right. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Gemini Risings. This is a sixth house transit for you, this solar mm -hmm. eclipse. And if you're a Gemini rising, Mars is probably in your first house right now. You mm -hmm. might have been feeling this sense of like motivation to go, do, be, like start something new, maybe feeling like really driven. But right now, this solar eclipse could be forcing you to look at the smaller picture. Like what is your routine looking like? What habits have come up or have resurfaced in the past few days, few weeks, even yeah. six months. 
And how, like, what's not working is what I'm hearing for Gemini Risings. Even just subtle shifts to your routine could make a big difference. And Mars is going to go retrograde in your first house. You're going to be slowing down anyway. That's just inevitable. I hate to say it, Gemini Risings. I know you want to bounce around and do all the things. But, um... (laughs) But like this solar eclipse could be the beginning of that slowdown that we're feeling right now to just really look at what does my day to day look like? What habits have been popping up when I've been so motivated to keep going and doing that I've forgot forgotten to take care of myself and mm-hmm. um, like my body and my health and my wellness? That seems like a big theme for you. Yeah, yeah, I definitely think that's big. I also want to just mention like, you know, it could actually be a good time to do a detox. Um, just given the fact that it is, you know, Scorpio, we're, we're cleansing things from our body. Um, when Mars goes over the rising sign, it can bring up inflammation. This is something I've seen happen quite a bit. So just knowing that this could be a good time to detox or do something where you're sweating more. I'm a big component of yoga. Hot yoga is a great uh, release and it can be gentle if that's something that you want more of and you can do it in community. So Gemini's, you know, <laughs> I know you guys like Gemini's love yeah. their community. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. Be around other people. Totally get it. Um, yeah. Detox. Definitely. And I just have to pull back up. Fig Nation. Sex is needed. <laughs> You're not wrong. You're not wrong about that. Not wrong. Points, facts, points are made. Yeah. <laughs> Solar eclipse. This is the bottom line. Uh, yeah. Okay. Moving on. <laughs> Speaking of sexuality, Taurus risings. Remember that this. this... <laughs> Sorry. It's all good. All good. Oh, man, I love it. How to get to get to the point? Okay. Yeah. Taurus risings. It's a big cycle for you. Scorpio season in general is lighting up your seventh house of relationships. And Mm -hmm. these eclipses have been very transformative for our Scorpio risings and our Taurus risings. So for you, (laughs) Taurus risings, this feels like a critical point in relationships, not just romantic relationships, any kind of relationships or partnerships in your life. And it feels like this is the point where you either let go or go deeper in your relationships. Mm. And remember, only you know what's true for you. You've got to really be intimate and vulnerable with yourself and what you really want in order to know if if you want to invest even more or pull out. <laughs> um, no pun intended. But remember... <laughs> Remember that you can't control how anyone else feels either. There, I think, especially with the seventh house transit and the Scorpio solar eclipse, there might be a tendency for our stubborn Taurus risings to like try to control or manipulate or be like, no, we're going deeper, you know, like we're in it. But maybe even just taking a step back, a baby step back and being like, do I want to keep investing in this or is it time to just cut the cord and maybe find greener pastures somewhere else. So I see a lot of relationship stuff coming up for Taurus risings. Yeah, I think well said all of what all of what you had said there. Also, um, I do also want to mention in terms of like contracts or like things coming up that maybe like one on one partnerships, even if you have clients, your own business, thinking about and dialing in more on uh, what are the partnerships that you value? And, you know, again, alignment, is there alignment there within all the, all of those, your work experience with people, your one-on-one relations, relationships, all of those things can come up as well. 
Definitely. Mm-hmm. Okay, Aries risings. It's always darkest before the dawn, and this feels like a very dark transit for you in your eighth house. It's really a time to go deep with yourself, get intimate, assess. I think for you, it's like really about energetics. How is your energy being pulled right now? Where is your energy being drained? What's giving you energy? But for for me looking at this, it feels more like a, the death for you, Aries Risings. Like what has got to, what's pulling your power and how can you take it back? Cord cutting, Aries Risings, like this is the time to do it. Cut the cord for anything draining your energy and, um, yeah, don't be afraid. Fears could be coming up as well about like, what happens if I no longer am connected to that person, that thing, but you're independent Aries risings. You don't need someone else's connection to know your power. Mm, This is where mine is. So thank you for that. (laughs) I forgot. Yeah. Perfect. (laughs) Don't be scared. I'm like, Oh man. Yeah. It is the eighth house is, um, the eighth house is quite mysterious and there can be a lot of fear that come up that are associated with the eighth house online in our own, whatever, probably you've done research if you have a lot of eighth house. Um, but what's coming through for me is like trusting our own intuition and that being part of this power. And if you have this in your eighth house, like me, it can be overwhelming. And so I, I hear that and I see that. Um, but yeah, Olivia, you said, you said all the right things. I'm just going to, I'm just going to stop there. (laughs) Sometimes it's easier when it's our own, you know, our own chart that we're talking about to like have somebody else's perspective, you know, for sure. Yeah. Especially eighth house transits. You're like, Oh God, I'm in the darkness. Like someone show me the light, but you are the light. You're good. Like, Mm -hmm. yes. But Mm -hmm. also what's draining your energy and come up for air. Like, honestly, as somebody who I am really good at staying in that dark area, and it's like, remember, there's beauty there, but come up for air. You cannot stay down there forever. (laughs) Mm, 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 mm. Beautiful. I love that. Speaking of coming up for air, (laughs) Pisces Risings. So I know you're technically a Pisces yeah. rising, but Court's a great example of because this is such a low degree eclipse, it's still hanging out in her eighth house. But the moon will move into her ninth house as a Pisces rising, and that feels a lot lighter. It feels like what we've been talking about, like this debt paid for the expansion or for the joy. The ninth house is the the reward for the debt paid, if you will. So it's all about new adventures or spontaneity, higher understanding, higher learning, new opportunities coming up for our Pisces risings in the next few days. And I think if there are any new adventures or even something unexpected that pops up, it feels very faded because of this eclipse, because of the the nodes of fate, the north of, and south node being activated by the eclipses. So mm-hmm. for you, Pisces risings, it's just like stay optimistic about the possibilities. Get lost in the big picture a little bit. You're good at the vision and the big picture and kind of being up in the clouds. And this feels like a time to just give you full permission to do that. Mm. Yeah. And Jupiter's coming back into Pisces here pretty soon. So I do think that there's going to be... Um, opportunities for Pisces to move, relocate Pisces risings. Um, So if you are somebody who's kind of been thinking about where you might want to live, or if you've been wanting to travel or go somewhere, stay open. Because I think over the next couple of weeks, those those opportunities will be coming um, more clear. 
I definitely think just in general, too, with Jupiter in the first house for Pisces risings, it's just like an expanded sense of self. Like you, phys- like not physically, but you mm-hmm. as a person are growing right yeah. now. And you might even be reflecting because Jupiter is retrograde on how much you've grown. Yes. And then Jupiter will station direct in your first house. And that's kind of that forward momentum and that permission to like evolve even more, take it to the next level, um, expand even more, grow even more. So yeah, it feels like a very expansive time for Pisces Risings. I'm very excited to see what happens with you because I know a lot's happening in your first house. Yeah, me too. And then Saturn return is going to be done. Okay, I'm going this way. Yeah. <laughs> Seriously, I've got one I'm more. January <laughs> is my last, my last hit of the Saturn return. And I'm like, okay, we, we got it. We're good. We can be done yeah. now. Yeah, you have Aquarius, Aquarius risings, Saturn is probably in your first house and Aquarius risings. uh, This is a big moment for your career or your long term goals, you could Mm -hmm. get news that changes your career or uh, that shifts your long term goals as a result. But I just see like, Really connect deeply with what it is that you want long term. Keep your eye on the prize, whatever that looks like. And remember that the 10th house is associated with that climb, the Capricorn energy, right? Remember that the route to the top of the mountain might look different than you expected. But as long as you know where you're going and you know where the top of the mountain is, you can just trust that, yeah, maybe this boulder wasn't exactly as stable as you thought it was going to be. But there's one over here that you can jump to instead and, and keep climbing on your ascent. Yes. And also, um, if it's uncomfortable, you're doing something right. Like I just, I think just saying that like it's uncomfortable, you're doing something right. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Amen to that. Okay. Speaking of Capricorn energy, Capricorn risings have this solar eclipse playing out in the 11th house. And so Mm -hmm. for you, I see friendship dynamics changing and remembering that Some friends are for a season, other friends are for a lifetime, but everybody comes into your life for a reason. So if you notice your network is changing, maybe you're introduced to new people and that brings up fears about, well, what does that mean for these friendships over here if they're not feeling as aligned anymore? Just trust that you're being connected with whoever you're supposed to be connected to right now. And just because you're not feeling as aligned with this group of friends right now doesn't mean that you never will again. And if you're feeling excited about a connection over here, like follow that excitement and see where it leads. There are no absolutes in life as much as Capricorn risings probably want there to be. It's very black and white, right and wrong friend or enemy, you know, but just because you're not as connected with someone right now, doesn't mean that that is not still a valuable connection that could come back around or, you know, just looking at the friendship for what it was, if it's falling away and how many lessons you learned from it and how much value that person did add to your life for the amount of time that they were in your life. Yeah, that's so true. Also, don't be afraid to go deep with your friends. Like, you mm-hmm. know, get a little vulnerable. And I know that's tricky for Capricorn, but um, being able to have more intimate connections with the people, you know, that you're with, um, I think is also a powerful part of this eclipse season for them as well. Absolutely. Well said. And last, but certainly not least, Sagittarius risings. This is a big 12th house transit for you. So the moon will be moving into your 12th house over the next few days. It's a Scorpio moon. It's this raw energy and you might be feeling kind of 
raw right now. You know, it's very cathartic, the 12th house. And with Scorpio being the planet of death and rebirth, this feels like a big death phase for you. Sagittarius risings, you're probably shedding some really deep layers of who you used to be or those layers of yourself are coming up to be shed. But remember, you have to let go of who you were to become who you're meant to be. So you've got to just surrender. Surrender is a big thing if you're a Sagittarius rising and probably something you're fairly good at, you know, just kind of like letting go and being free. But not always on a deep level, right? Sagittarius is like to play up here and grow and expand and surrender to the adventure. But sometimes the surrender is deep within like, okay, we got to get real with ourselves about what's been mm-hmm. kind of eating at us or holding us back or the fear that we've been pushing down just to stay optimistic. Yeah. And also I want to say too, um, addiction, mental health and emotional health is very prominent with the 12th house, especially having an eclipse here. So it could be the end of certain addictions or, or, or habits that you want to change. But I also, because I talk so much about mental health, um, this would be a really great time for Sagittarius risings over the next couple of weeks, all of us really. But if you have Sagittarius rising, to maybe go to therapy, do some energy work, um, find something where you're being supported on an emotional level, because it can bring up a lot. Um, And so I just always like to say that as you know, it's normal to go and do that. And um, it's, it's, it's a beautiful thing when you advocate for yourself. Um, And um, if you guys know anyone with a Sagittarius rising, maybe reach out to them over the next little. Yeah. Yeah. And if you, if you are a Sagittarius rising and you don't have a therapist and you've been wanting to get a therapist, great time, this time. for healing, you know, yeah. um, and to begin a healing process mm-hmm. at the beginning of a cycle when we're talking about a solar eclipse and a new moon. So it could simply be that you use this power today or in the coming weeks to just find a therapist, you know, mm-hmm. make that first step and trust that it's going to to catalyze and continue to snowball into something that's really helpful for your evolution. Yeah. So well said. He says, I've been, thank you. I've been feeling this push with friends talking about the 11th house. Thanks for the encouragement and cap rising Scorpio in the 10th house. Also how I'm showing up in the world. Beautiful. I love when we can specifically apply what's going on to ourselves and get greater clarity about what's been coming up for us. Sometimes we just need that reflection, you know, Okay, so that brings us back to our affirmation. And I am alchemy. You know, this really came through for me strongly as I was like up late tapping into the Scorpio eclipse energy. Like not only are we the alchemist, but we are what's being alchemized. We are Mm -hmm. transforming the world around us, but we are also being transformed. It's kind of goes along with like, we're not just in nature, we are nature. So remembering Mm -hmm. that like, yeah, we can try to force and change things and lean into transformation that's happening around us. But as we do that, we are also transforming. We are also changing. I am here for this. (laughs) Like, let's go. Like, this is the time. You know, (laughs) the leaves are falling. Things are changing. Let's go. (laughs) Absolutely. If you've been looking for a change in your life, this is the season. This is the season Mm -hmm. to do it. Tap into whatever resonates with you, your inner wizard, your inner witch, your inner alchemist, and, you know, 
transform, transform your life. This is super, super powerful. Mm-hmm. Ooh, okay. I'm going to pull for our card pull from this deck I got for my birthday. It's called the Cosmic Wild deck, and it just feels mm-hmm. very eclipsy. <laughs> but as I'm shuffling, y'all know the drill. This is your time to share any final insights, ask any final questions. And Court, you are welcome to share anything that you have. Oh, shoot, I just dropped half the deck. Um, anything you have going on. We can't yeah. read that many cards. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's just like boom, slurting out. Honestly, the energy is like that. Um, yeah, you guys can find me over on Bravely Beautiful Brand on Instagram. Lots of little offerings up there. I do have my 2023 readings out for the year ahead, which are booking now. So if you wanted to grab a reading for the year ahead, um, what else? Follow me on TikTok. <laughs> That is the place we are live right now on my TikTok, but I'm having lots of fun over there. So um, that's at I am Court Burns. I love it. Okay. Two cards came up. One was face up when half the deck dropped. So I was like, okay, we'll keep it. And then as I tried to shuffle again, one just flew out. So instead of trying to keep shuffling, I'm just going to roll with whatever the universe is literally throwing at me right now, or maybe I'm throwing it. Literally. So... The first card that came up, these are all animal cards. Um, The first card that came up was monkey, and the word is curiosity. So they all have these, like, cool designs and sheens to them. And let's see what message the monkey is bringing us. You know I love the curiosity component, especially when it comes to the Scorpio moon, we are all a little more curious. We're curious what is beyond what's a little deeper. So here is what it says. Curiosity, movement, playfulness, dance, laugh, be happy, have fun and incorporate playfulness in your creativity. The monkey is a reminder of spontaneity and variation in your life. These are the things that keep life new and exciting. The tail holds a great symbol of mobility and connectivity that guides you as you discover your fears and doubts and cope with them. While life Mm. can become heavy with responsibilities, the monkey urges you to develop different ways to enjoy yourself and do activities that make you truly happy. Playfulness and laughter are good for the soul. Remain curious and never stop learning. Keep yourself busy and productive. Ask yourself, when was the last time I had fun? Be curious, change your environment often, and be spontaneous. We love this. I mean, especially talking about your depth. Yes. And also, like, remembering that, you know, what is our capacity for pleasure and joy, right? Do not Mm. deprecate. Like, Scorpio can be like, no, you know, and, like, pull back completely. And it's like, remember, we've got another eclipse in a couple weeks with Taurus. And it is about the growth and the pleasure and coming up for air. So how can we balance it? Right. And I feel like this card is just permission to like, just play with the universe. If stuff's coming up right now, be like, all right, whatever. Like, we're just going to play with it right now. We're just going to let it happen and enjoy ourselves or try to enjoy ourselves through the process. Some hocus pocus. Yes. Some spell work. Get a little curious about your own power. (laughs) And the other card that came through, flew out of the deck, was the starfish card. And the word on it is patience, which I also love. As much as we're talking about, like, things unfolding and changes, patience. And here's what it says. Patience, inspiration, regeneration. 
-hmm. Have patience. You can achieve anything you care to imagine at the right time. It is believed that the starfish was a star that fell from the sky and into the sea. It will remain still with great patience, waiting for what it needs to come to it. While action isn't necessary in this situation, allow your mind to do all the work and change will come to the physical world. The starfish reminds you that you can regenerate your attitude and beliefs. This creature speaks of the easiness with which you should regrow positive emotional changes and mindset in your life. Ask yourself, how can I reach emotional peace? Renew yourself and the energy that you use. Mm. Mm. I like that one. I love it. Mm -hmm. Feels very like play in the death. Be curious about the death and trust in the rebirth, right? Mm -hmm. Trust that if you're just patient, everything will work out and be what it's supposed to be. We don't know what it's going to be, but we've gotten this far, right? (laughs) Exactly. We are here. Yeah. (laughs) Yes, absolutely. And before we go, I, you are all the first to know about this, but I've been teasing it for a really long time. And I just was like, you know what? what better time to just go for it than the solar eclipse. So this is really far out. So hold on. I got to bring it up here. Where is it? Where is it? Uh, In January. So I know we're talking a ways out, but setting things in motion. I am going to start a group container, a month long container called transit tracking. And basically it's just going to be a month long of us together learning how to track the transits through our chart. That's the biggest question I get on this show is like, okay, what does this mean for me? I have this planet in this house. What does it mean? So we're going to spend a month together. It's going to be, um, let me see, is this going to work? No. Um, But anyway, it's going to be (laughs) weekly workshops. We're going to have a chat, daily journal prompts for you to do every day and track the transits in your own chart. And we're just going to learn the basics on how to understand ourselves based on the cosmos. So we're doing a big eclipse sale. It'll be half off through the Taurus lunar eclipse. And then it'll slowly increase from there. But this is the lowest it's ever going to be over the next couple weeks. And I'm just really excited. I know you led a bunch of group containers and you are like the teacher in you is Mm -hmm. so great at this. Um, but I'm really excited to go along and just share kind of the practice that I use too. to, it can be a lot, you know, learning what's going on every day, but mm-hmm. how do we apply that to ourselves. And that's really the goal of this. So oh, yes, yeah, so I'm oh. on my website right now at the spiritualjournalist.com slash shop. I'll just throw a link in if anybody is interested. Yes. People asking, where can we sign up? I got you. And you I love it. Going to buy this for myself for Christmas. We were just talking about this yesterday. Yeah. How, like buying services for people. I'm really feeling that for Christmas. I even just told my partner, like, I don't want things. I want like wellness, you know, like buy me a massage, book me a reading. That's yeah. what I'm this Christmas you know so um, if you know someone who's really into astrology this could be a fun gift for them and it'll start on the Lunar New Year uh, January 21st 2023 so we have time I didn't want to start anything during the holidays it's easy to fall off during the holidays but it's going to be a great way to start the year together 
And a lot of you already kind of dive into this, but it'll just be a, a nice way to develop a practice for yourself too, like a daily journaling practice for you to track the transits in your chart. Love it. Yeah. I'm excited. Great way to start the year. Yeah, I love that. Yes. And that's what I was uh, touching on earlier. You know, some friends were like, it's way too far out to be talking about January. And I'm like, it's the eclipses. It's fine. Yeah. I'm just, I've been talking about this for months. Why not just yes. have an extended period where we're gathering our community and getting people together? Um, so come mm -hmm. January 21st, we're all together, like ready to take on the new year. So Yay, I love that. And you're going into, and then it'll be Aquarius season. Yes, it'll be Aquarius season. Mars will be direct by then. We've got a lot of forward movement at that point to start anything new with Mars retrograde. It's the end of the year. We're shedding all that stuff. So it'll be a nice point of renewal. And I think for me, I need something to look forward to in life, like always. Yeah. <laughs> so it's really something nice to have like far out on the horizon together that you can plan around yes something to look forward to time to save money perfect timing beautiful mm, perfect. well beautiful thank you so much for being here and sharing your time and energy and your wisdom with us you're officially my uh most popular <laughs> guest on the show and i love 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 having you here oh the feeling is so mutual i love i love coming on and it's fun to collab Absolutely. I love, I love that the internet has brought us together. Yeah. I think we eventually, we got to start a club for Scorpio moons too, because we just, we find each other. We like draw them like, in. It's so wild. I'm like, someone's like, oh, I have a Scorpio moon. I'm like, really? Like, it's so insane how that happens. Yeah. And then we're just and like instant best friends. It's like, well, you got <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. Well, if you aren't already, definitely follow Court on social media at Bravely Beautiful Brand on Instagram for all of her astrology content. And on TikTok, you are at I am Court I am Burns. Burns. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. BravelyBeautifulBrand.com. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And she's just so much fun to follow too. So if you're not following her, do yourself a favor, find another energetic connection, this Scorpio solar eclipse. And I just wish you all a graceful, beautiful, intense day of navigation and intense in the best way possible. Yes. Bring it on. <laughs> Bring it on. Here we go. All right, everybody. That is going to do it for us. I will be back tomorrow morning uh, with a quick episode of Transits today. It's going to be a brief one, but we'll be back live on Thursday to talk all about Jupiter moving back into Pisces. I believe. Oh, no. Is that what's happening Thursday? Yes. That's what's oh, happening. Yeah. And then the weekend, huh? Mars retrograde. Yeah. Lots of stuff to we talk got a about. Lot. <laughs> There's a lot happening. Yeah, this is just the beginning, my friends. So <laughs> buckle up, we're going deep. All right, have a great day. And I will see you all when I see you. But until I see you next, stay curious. Bye. 
Thank you so much for joining us and aligning with the energy of the universe today. If you enjoyed this morning's episode of Transits Today, you can join our live astrology discussion every weekday morning right here wherever you're watching. And head to thespiritualjournalist.com to read your daily astrology forecast and browse the spiritual shop, the most fun way to help keep these forecasts free and support more content like this is to buy yourself a little something on our website. But if you're feeling extra generous, you can also buy me a coffee to fuel future live streams. Just tap the link in the description or head to buymeacoffee.com and search The Spiritual Journalist. And speaking of, you can also tune in to The Spiritual Journalist, our weekly live interview where we ask our guests questions about everything from crystals and manifestation to mental health and the environment. Those conversations stream live right here wherever you're watching now every Tuesday. I'm so grateful you found us here and I can't wait for our next conversation.